We're lighting up that holidays train, FDR. With me, your love doctor, your make love, not war, sexologist, Dr. Susan Block and Captain Max Ooh. on FDR. Greetings, Captain Max. Hello, Dr. Susie. And if you're tuned in live, it's my half birthday, Eve. Happy, 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 happy birthday. It's not birthday. like a real birthday. But it's almost kind of random. And it's almost the birthday of two different bonobos here in Bonoboville. Yuva and Rain, speaking of weather. Yeah. What's They're going to have a bonobo birthday. Who is? Two of them. I was two giving them. their code names. Oh, the code names. They name. have other names. Yes. We might use after a little Manischewitz. The real name. But, yeah, they're having... A real birthday, not just a half birthday. When? This week. Okay. This is the birthday oh. week. So we are celebrating. Something just flew in the window. It must have been, we just went past a little village and suddenly there was a joint wow. on the table. Okay, we're going to be lighting Okay, Light. shortly. Shh. It is the third night of the Festival of Lights. Hanukkah, if you're listening live. And honestly, I am feeling a little ambivalent about that. And I do every year in a way because I love the candlelight and the games of Hanukkah. The hot wax Hanukkah. (laughs) And I hate the kind of militaristic religiosity of the Hanukkah story. But tonight I feel especially kind of bad because of the relentless, horrific, and yes, genocidal. I said the G word. That's what it seems to be, and that's what it looks like. And so I think that's what it is. Of the Zionist bombardment of Gaza. And the general apartheid conditions of the West Bank and Palestinian Jerusalem. And, you know, I'm kind of sorry. I want to apologize for still talking about it. To those of you who like me talking about sex, I will talk about sex. But I'm not sorry because it's still happening. So I'm still talking about it. And it is Hanukkah. When it's good to light a candle and a joint (laughs) and our candle and our joint is for Palestine. And I must say I am incensed, continuing on the lit metaphor, at these Zionists saying that a non-Zionist Jew for Palestine, like me, can't celebrate Hanukkah. And they do say that all over the internet. They're not Jewish. They say it's a Zionist holiday. Now, it's true. I want to tell you, there's a certain truth to what they're saying. In that Hanukkah celebrates military might. Which is one of the reasons that the old rabbis didn't think it was a serious holiday. 
didn't want to elevate it to any great status. And it actually was a very minor holiday, unlike Passover and Rosh Hashanah and uh, lots of other holidays. Simchat Torah. Anyway, it became a big holiday, partly in competition with Christmas, because it does occur in December usually, or late November or early January, but also because of Zionism because Hanukkah does celebrate military might, which is what the rabbis thought was not very Jewish, was not very spiritual, but it does. It celebrates this battle that these fanatical Jews that would be considered terrorists nowadays if they came from a certain religion, but at that time they were the Jewish religion and they were terrorists and they terrorized the occupiers, the ruling elite, who were Syrian Greeks, called the Seleucians. It's an interesting story, and in a way the Jews were in the place of Palestine in the story, being the occupied people. I've always loved Hanukkah, without having that much love for the story in a way. I have a special love for it this year, actually. But usually I just like the lights. And of course, when I was a kid, I liked the presents. What's my present this year? <laughs> I have many presents for you. Ah, first of all, that accent is such a gift. <laughs> Your presence is a present, my dear. Hanukkah this year is just not the same. It's just not, not with what's going on. So an old Catholic friend who was a client, I won't name him, he emailed me to wish me a happy Hanukkah, quote, with lots of fun and good cheer, unquote. And here's what I wrote back. Thanks so much for the Hanukkah wishes, and we will be lighting the menorah on the show tonight which I'm going to do in a moment, as well as light the joints. All right, not talking about your knees, honey, so don't worry. <laughs> and yet, sadly, this is not a happy Hanukkah with lots of fun and good cheer because Zionist Israel is bombing the life out of the people of Gaza. And I even saw a tweet that disappeared, but I saw it, of IDF, singing Hanukkah songs as they bombed a building, as though that bomb was lighting a candle. Sick. I am not, and I have never been a Zionist. I did visit Israel, I hung out with Zionists, I grew up with Zionists, but never felt it was my country or even a place I wanted to live. I'm not bragging about that, it was just my feeling. I just wasn't very militaristic and I didn't like the militarism of Israel even then. The six-day war that everybody was cheering and the militarism of Netanyahu is turning into the evil of, I'll say it, Hitler and the villain of the Hanukkah story, Antiochus. Tell you about him later. Unfortunately, most non-Jewish people 
conflate Zionism and Israel with Judaism and Jewish people. And this is why I feel I have to keep speaking. It's a bit of a broken record. I'm sorry to my regular listeners, but I have to keep speaking out against Zionism and especially Netanyahu's evil genocide of the Palestinian people. Even though I have friends who live in Israel and I love them still, and I fear for their safety, but they will not follow my advice to leave. But that is why I join with my fellow Jews for peace who say not in our name to this bombing of, of Palestine and to the apartheid of Zionism. I'm sorry, I said to my old friend, to have to respond to your sincere good wishes in this way. I really am, because I love Hanukkah, but it's beyond niceties for me this year. Those apartheid conditions have been disgusting for my whole life and getting worse, but this bombing, and it keeps happening. The last time I was on this show, there was a ceasefire or a pause, not really a ceasefire, just a pause. So there was something to celebrate around Thanksgiving, Spanksgiving. But now with Hanukkah, the bombings back on, the slaughtering of thousands and really important people. I don't know if you're reading about the important people, the doctors and the academicians and the leaders of the community. It's almost like they're targeted. And it is breaking my heart, really. I've been using that heartbreak emoji a little too much. It is a tragedy, although it is also a time of great heroism for Palestine and the Palestinian people. And it is a shame, a great sin, a shanda, as they say in Yiddish, for Israel. As well as for America, which is providing the bombs and support, and which yesterday voted against, vetoed a UN Security Council call for a humanitarian ceasefire. Vetoed. Just put their lone hand up there. And they got an African-American citizen to do it. <laughs> a deputy. The new Colin Powell. Sorry, I don't know his name. Not sorry. But he just raised his hand. I'm America. I'm vetoing the stopping of genocide. Not only that, but I'm paying for the bombs. I don't know, if I was African-American, I'd be pretty upset about that. As a Jew, and believe me, not a believing Jew, not a religious Jew at all, but I like some of the rituals, and it just hurts me. It is a great trauma. It is a collective trauma for all thinking, caring, non-Zionist Jews, even non-believers like me. So I'm lighting the candles tonight for Palestine and hoping my tears don't put out the flames because any one of them could be the everlasting light. <laughs> That's the miracle that we all need.
So here we go. You're going to have to listen to my crummy Hebrew and hope that I can light these things. Okay. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Ha'olam Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotav V'tzivanu L'hadlik Ner Shel Hanukkah Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotav V'tzivanu L'hadlik Ner Shel Palestine Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam Shehechianu V'kiyamanu V'higianu Lazman Ha-zeh Amen Ha-women Ha-women uh, and I finally got all the candles lit. They make these candles so cheap these days that they don't light very easily. But there they are. And it is so beautiful to look at the candles of Hanukkah. Oh, I just love them. I always have. And I used to have candle races, remember? Yes, I remember. So do you want to bet? Uh, Place your bets on a candle? I place my bet, I place my bet on this one Red. The red. This red candle here. Yeah, since I'm okay, a communist. Okay, you're a commie. I'm a commie so baby. that would make some sense. Abe, would you like to bet on a candle? Yeah, sure. Lasting the longest is the key. All right, I'm a, I got the yellow one right here, right here at the bottom. Right this there. one? Yeah, the yellow oh, okay. one. Okay, right all right, you got it. And how about you, Rodrigo? You want to pick a candle? You might win some chocolate. Do we have chocolate? Which is like money, guilt. Purple. Okay, I'm going to bet on this one, and we'll see who wins. That would be the one that lasts the longest. Because the miracle of Hanukkah is that the light that was supposed to last one day lasted eight days. And so they had enough time to press the olives into olive oil. That is what the old rabbis like to celebrate about Hanukkah was the miracle of the light lasting longer than it was supposed to. And in a way, it is a metaphor for our times. Uh, we interrupt this program to bring some Martians from Mars here. Oh. Something happened there. You see, the light can go out yeah. when you least expect it. You can't take the light for granted. Yeah. The holiday is about the everlasting light that was supposed to last just one day, day. but it lasted eight, eight days, days, enough so time to press the, the olive oil. Right. The lubricant. The lubricant. Right. The I like coconut oil myself, but uh, this yeah. is the land of Palestine and could be Italy where they have olive oil. But they did it. It was a miracle. The Christian religion has the virgin birth is a miracle, which is even kind of wilder in a way. As Smiley says, uh, there are more Christian Zionists in the U.S. than Jewish Zionists. 
That is true. Such as our Speaker of the House, yes, Mike yes. Johnson, who yeah. likes to have his son monitor his Johnson through covenant eyes. It's a monitoring system to keep each other from masturbating. Well, I, I, I think it's so they know... What's good to masturbate when, to. When they're masturbating. Yeah, maybe. What are you masturbating to? They show a blurred image of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I can't get that image out of this my mind. Bush. Mike and his son looking at blurred images of each other's porn. Please, please, no. It keeps occurring to my brain, interfering with my beautiful sight of the Hanukkah lights. And it does give us hope that maybe this horrible war, it's not a war, occupation doesn't even seem to say it, but it is an occupation. It's an elimination. Yes, it is an elimination, a termination, an extermination a kind of genocide. Not a kind of, uh, it is genocide. Right, it is. It's so strange though to see these U.S. diplomats especially turn themselves into mental pretzels trying to explain that somehow since these Zionist bombs that America is paying for are not dropped on Palestinians who die out of wanting them to die, but simply are dropped because that's war. And it's just too bad that there are casualties. Last night, late at night, I was watching uh, the little, you know, those little videos that they make. I don't know what they call them. Quickies? In sex, they call them quickies. Right. In the internet, they call them something else. And I was watching clips. that. Clips, little clips. And I sat there watching London, Rome, Paris, all over the world, hundreds of thousands of people demonstrating. For Palestine. For Palestine, for the Palestinian Absolutely. people. It's true. It's a cause we can all get behind if we have a brain and a heart. And there are just all kinds of people in the streets. Tears came to my eyes. Yeah. It dripped down my, my fat cheeks and around the mountain of my cheeks. And down to my chin. Yeah, me too, me yeah. too. And I, I felt so, so bad. And then I saw the uh, the public relations of the Zionists. Ah. Who show, did my daughter is kidnapped. And fake ones too. Yeah. Fake ones yeah, with fake stories. A lot of fake stories. And then I saw the children of the Palestinians with blood on their faces and their heads smashed. And, and I cried. I cried for those children. I don't, you know, I have children. I don't like most of my children. But I mean, they're very nice in a way. But these were babies. These little. I cry for the babies just like everybody does, I think. But I also really cry for these young people that are leaders in their community that were killed because 
they had family that invested in them to become doctors and poets. A poet was just killed and his whole family. Yeah. And it's just really sad. And it also does appear that they are targeting the intelligentsia just as some other terrible fascist regimes have targeted the intelligentsia of their communities that they are after, that they want to destroy. And I want to speak, Captain Max, yes. about Hanukkah, because it is the holiday. It is the third night. So sometimes I like to light the whole menorah anyway, because I do all kinds of things that don't really fall within the strict tradition including my celebration of hot wax Hanukkah, which is to drip it on the naked bodies of beautiful people. Consensually, of course, but it is a beautiful thing, hot wax. And actually, as a kid, I used to like to play with hot wax, not on anybody naked, but just with my fingers. So Hanukkah, like I said, is not a major Jewish holiday because the rabbis didn't like that it celebrates war. But the Zionists love that. And it does celebrate one battle that the Hebrews won in the midst of a war against the Syrian Greeks of the Seleucid Empire. And they ultimately lost the war. Now, Zionists love to praise this great battle. Hallelujah. And the fighters, the militant Maccabees, who were, according to the modern definition, terrorists. They were extremists. They were religious fanatics, the Maccabees. In any case, they ultimately lost the war. The temple was destroyed. The Romans took over. The Jews were the losers and they are now of the current war because well let's say the zionists are on the wrong side of history of the battle between good and evil and the world is seeing them as on the side of evil and that is how they are behaving when they bomb innocent people and it's sad for me to witness the rituals of my youth destroyed by Zionists. And I kind of wonder if the Germans felt this way about their Wiener Schnitzel or something, whether the Nazis destroyed it. They certainly did destroy a perfectly beautiful Buddhist symbol, the swastika. It is a Buddhist symbol of peace. And they turned it upside down into a symbol of hate. And now the Zionists are doing that to the Star of David. And American towns are canceling the lighting of the menorah out of fear. And it's kind of not fair to non-Zionist Jews that just want to light the menorah. I feel a little bad, but I understand. Ironically, Hanukkah is the story of brave people, a little too militaristic for my taste, but there's no doubt they are brave and they are 
under occupation. They are in the story the Jewish people, the Yehudim, under the Syrian Greek Seleucids. And in a way, it is the story of Palestine now under Zionist Israel. And the Syrian king, the Greek Syrian king, Antiochus, was a bit sadistic and liked to humiliate Jews. He liked to make them bow to idols and eat pork and probably do sexual things that we don't even learn about to defile the temple. He liked to humiliate them. Just as Bibi Netanyahu's IDF, Israeli Defense Forces. Net-nut. Net-nut. I call him net-nut. That's kind of too good for him. That's cute. It's not cute. And BB is kind of cute. BB is kind of cute. Yeah. But he likes to humiliate the Palestinians, doesn't he? Stripping them. Have you seen those pictures? And blindfolding them and making them huddle in groups that kind of remind me of Abu Ghraib and Guantanamo, except that this is right in front of their neighbors quite often, or in the middle of the desert, or in the middle of the rubble, in the middle of apartheid. And that's kind of bad. But you know, Netanyahu is much worse than that, and much worse than Antiochus. Because the humiliation is one thing, and it's very bad. It all feeds everything else. But it's the bombs, baby. The bombs. Right? The fire. The beautiful fire. It's so sick to hear these IDF celebrate the Hanukkah as they drop a bomb and the beautiful fire, like Oppenheimer. Oh, the beautiful fire. Yeah. Oppenheimer at least had guilt. He understood it was bad, and it was bad. But this Netanyahu has the nerve, the chutzpah, then to piously light the real Hanukkah candles with some rabbi he's got on the payroll. It's pretty disgusting. And speaking of bad Zionist Jews... I'd like to light a candle, one of the candles, actually all the candles, are not for him. They are for his victims. And who do I speak of? Do you know? No? Henry Kissinger. He died recently. Finally. 101, I think. And he was one of the biggest mass murderers in human history who happened to be Jewish and a Zionist, so not a good Jew. First of all, uh, you know, I converted to Judaism um, many, many years ago for for various reasons. But but now I want to tell you about somebody even more dangerous than the Jewish Zionist because there are Christian Zionists here in this country well, yeah. And, and let me tell you about these Christian Zionists. Tell it, Captain Max. Let me tell you about them. They are murderous, 
they're a fraud saying that they believe in Jesus and this and that just like the Zionists are fraud to say that they're Jewish but as I heard a rabbi the other day who said they're not Jewish because when that guy came down from the mountain with that big stone it said thou shalt not kill amen and a women and a women and now they're out there slaughtering and killing Palestinians. Now the Palestinians aren't therapists, uh, therapists, terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what therapist is when you break up right. the word, the rapist. <laughs> the rapist. Right, but anyway. Yeah, these are not, these are not, these are people that want their land back. These are people that for the past 70 years have been killed have been burned, have been shot, have been, the most terrible things have happened uh, to them. And genocide is not being committed by Jews. It is being committed by Zionists. With American backing. Zionists and Biden. Right. And world leaders, not just Biden. Yeah. World leaders that are sending millions and trillions and billions of killing dollars and, and shekels and whatever else the money is in the world. Yes. Yeah. These Zionists are the Trumpers True. of Israel. These, these are not Jews. No, yeah. they're not. No, no, no. Bad Jews. They're, they're not even bad Jews. Okay. They're murderers. Yes, they are. That's what they are. They're murderers. The problem is that we have the same thing here coming to America. True. And his name is Trump. The Trumpus. He's a Trumper. Much worse than okay. the Krampus. And he is a, a pretending to be a Christian Zionist, Zionist, who's... If he gets back in office, he's going to replace all the federal judges. He's going to turn this place into a dictatorship. America. He's stated it. He's told us. He he's gave told us speeches us. about it. Yeah, let me, let me, where is that? I gave you a piece of oh, paper there. a piece of paper. This is a message from, where did you put my piece of paper? Oh, oh, I didn't know. Oh. It was just for me. Oh, here it is. right here in front okay. of you. Here's a message from Trump, and listen very, very carefully. He says, we pledge, I'm going to just change the we pledge, the we part. It says, I pledge to you that we will root out the communists. Well, there I go. The Marxists, the fascists, the radical left. Ooh, is that us? I, that's another part of me. That's some of you out there. The radical left thugs. The radical left thugs. The radical left are thugs that live like vermin. Mm, and we know who talks about vermin. vermin. Hitler talks about vermin. True. This is the guy that wants to be your next president. Vermin within the confines of our country that lie, steal, 
and cheat on elections. <laughs> this is the man that wants to be your president. And let me tell you, I don't know where you guys stand politically, but if he wins, you're going away because I know he already has my name. It is very dangerous times, okay. very dangerous, because he so, is promising to bring fascism to America. He wants to execute people that he doesn't like or that don't think like him. No, we definitely do not want the Cheeto Mussolini. Okay. Yeah. Now, you know, you know what's happened to most of these dicks or dictators. One of them was hung upside down at a gas station in Milan, Italy. His name was Mussolini. Another one, whose name was Hitler, put himself in a bunker and committed suicide. And then there's very other ones that have died in their madness, in their sickness. And some of them, like Henry Kissinger, die of an old age. And he died of an old age. It's not important how they die. What's important is that they kill so many people, so many innocent people, people that don't deserve to die. And we don't want our Cheeto Mussolini, not at all. But unfortunately, our friend Joe, he is genocide Joe. And this is not real heartening. He's giving Israel U.S. taxpayer-funded bombs that have destroyed over 17,000 people. So when he comes to L.A., he was here last night. He was greeted with, Genocide Joe has got to go. Just like they chanted, Hey, hey, LBJ, how many kids did you kill today? Over Johnson, the Democrat, who, well, he got all embroiled in this war in Vietnam. And then he freaked out and backed out and gave up. And his protege, his vice president, Hubert Humphrey, he won the Democratic nomination after a bloody convention, but he lost to Nixon and Kissinger, and things got worse in Vietnam and certainly in this country. At least Johnson had the Great Society going for him. But Vietnam got worse and America got worse, but not as bad as it is now. And so things can get worse, brothers and sisters, and I think that's what Captain Max is trying to say. They're getting worse. You already are being censored. Our words are being censored. Our words, our, our souls are being stolen. Well, we're going to take Meta to arbitration we're shortly. To arbitration we're going to arbitration. So uh, we're excited about that. We have to fight back. You got to do what you can, brothers and sisters. Some of you can get in the street. And some of us have to do it in law offices and courtrooms. And then and some, some of us uh, use Twitter, the armchair uh, well, warriors yeah. here. And then when your grandchildren ask about grandma and grandpa, what are you going to tell them? They were fascists? Maybe. They were Nazis. That's what I faced. I always think about the Germans and what they say about 
their ancestors, but they were forgiven pretty quickly. Nazis started working for the American military, like, right away. So I don't know if that's true. Certain Nazis. For what's happening. Yes, certain Nazis. The scientists. Anyway, we are lighting the Hanukkah candles for Palestine and for the victims of Henry Kissinger, who did come from Germany, supposedly to escape Nazism, but to bring fascism to the United States and just bring horror to so many people. It's just appalling. And I came of age when he was doing it. Also, there's some personal stuff involved with Henry Kissinger, as I'm sure there is for you too, Captain Max. Three million Vietnamese people were killed thanks to Henry Kissinger's bombs. 2.5 million Cambodians, I would say including my friend Hong Nguyen, whom I met through Spalding Gray. Hong was a gynecologist, so we talked about sex, and he was also an actor, and he won an Oscar for his portrayal of Dith Pran, who crawled through the killing fields in Cambodia. And then he was murdered by some Khmer Rouge thugs in Southern California. And I hold Henry Kissinger responsible for that murder, as well as the millions of other murders. I hold him responsible for the murder of my friend because he bombed Cambodia for no reason, none. They weren't even doing anything. They were just next to Vietnam. He also bombed and killed 200,000 Laotians, 3 million Bangladeshis, 10,000 Indians in India, 10,000 Pakistanis, 15,000 Egyptians, 3,500 Syrians, 6,500 Cypriots, 40,000 Chileans, 30,000 Argentinians, 10,000 Zimbabweans, 60,000 Mozambiquans, 900,000 Angolans, 11,000 Guinea-Bissouans, 300,000 East Timorians, 1 million Indonesians, 20,000 West Saharans, 1,100,000 Iraqis. He supported the Iraq war in a big way, and so many more. I can't light enough candles for all of Henry Kissinger's victims, nationalities, let alone the victims themselves, but I will light this joint joint for all of us on our candles. What what a disgrace. And and we hold this man as some kind of, he also won some... Peace Prize. He won the Nobel Peace Prize. He won the, this guy won, did you hear what she just said? This guy won the Nobel Peace Prize after the killings. Boom Shiva. Boom Shiva. Happy Hanukkah. Not a happy Hanukkah, but just a Hanukkah to honor the dead, the innocent dead, not Henry Kissinger. (laughs) He took so long to die, you kind of wondered if he'd been drinking the blood of legend. That is a legend, right? Right, yeah. Well, it's a sicko legend, and it comes from people feeling so helpless when they watch (coughs) genocides like this. They think that the ones perpetrating them must be drinking the blood 
Well, I honestly don't think they are. I think maybe some people go nuts and they get very sadistic. But what I think is that they do it for the power. Isn't that what Henry Kissinger said was the greatest aphrodisiac? Is power. Power. I don't think it is. I don't think he's sexy for having power. People but, uh, fuck people with power because with power comes money and you dudes pay for it. It's not that you're sexy. No. And he peed in the hallways. That's disgusting. Of his condo. <laughs> I mean, I'm not against golden showers with consenting adults. I know, but then the hallways not of your neighbor, hallways. that's Come not on. nice. Come on. Now, yeah. speaking of sex and Henry Kissinger, here's a side note. Ehrlichman, the one that worked for Nixon, oh, yeah. thought that Kissinger was Deep Throat, the actual informant. But most people felt that it was felt. The guy's name was Felt, the CIA guy. I don't think it was Kissinger either because it's not like Kissinger. Kissinger is responsible not for Deep Throat. That would be heroic, actually. He's responsible for the break-in. He's the one that was obsessed with Daniel Ellsberg who leaked the Pentagon Papers. Kissinger called Daniel Ellsberg the most dangerous man in America. He wanted to get Daniel Ellsberg, and he wanted to get the Democrats, and so he ordered the Watergate break-in. That's what I think. He supported it. That's what is sometimes said. He was a great motivator for that, and he never paid for it in any way. Neither did Gordon Liddy Libby and the company right pay for the assassination of john f kennedy the bad guys don't always die in such a satisfying way as those bad guys of world war ii they died that way because they lost that's why the bad guys don't always lose brothers and sisters i'm not so sure we were so great for dropping those bombs on hiroshima and nagasaki I think that was pretty bad, but we won, so we didn't have to pay for it, right? If you win, you don't have to pay. No, that's the evil of... Only when you lose. Capitalism, I think. I think capitalism is a lot about winners and losers. Speaking of Deep Throat, my Deep Throat Does LA multimedia extravaganza is getting all sorts of kudos and love and all kinds of interesting responses from my counterpunch version. I would read you some of the responses, but I don't think we have time. Also, I'm proud to say that the son of Louis Perino, oh. who actually was the producer of Deep Throat, and who provided like the 22,000 grand that made Deep Throat and went on to make maybe 600 million although Louis Perino the third might differ with that amount in any case it went on to make hundreds of millions of dollars and he's going to come on the show he wasn't ready to come on this Saturday but he did write a very nice letter which you should read and is in the blog with pictures Abe could maybe show some of the pictures of him and not Louis Perino the third yeah. who called yeah. me but Louis Perino Sr., who actually produced 
Deep Throat, and he's there with Ernest Borgnine, the actor. Right. I, and I just want to apologize for the fashion of that time. <laughs> yeah, that 70s time. And I believe this, brothers and sisters, there is a terrible thing going on that is bad for Palestine and very bad for us non-Zionist Jews. And ultimately, I think it's bad for the Zionists. I mean, I think it's good for the world because Zionism is not a good way. It's a colonial way. It's a religiously inspired way that says we are superior. We are the chosen. Chosen should be just spiritual, like you are chosen by God to receive his message or her message or their message. I like how in Judaism they have different words. One is Adonai, my master, God is. But one is Eloheinu, the gods. The gods, yes. The gods, many gods. And I think that when the Old Testament was written, there were many gods in a way. And I always appreciate that. My favorite hero of... The Old Testament is actually Solomon, the king of women. He had a thousand wives, right? That's cool. He had it going on, baby. And he made peace. He had some faults. They all do. They're human. But he made peace through sex. He was bonobo. Hello, Maria. Hello, Maria. All right, let me let me connect you guys to Maria. Oh, okay. we're doing a technical yeah. thing now. No, no, well, I was I was I wanted to know when you guys wanted to okay, call. Well, when is now? Now we said it. I don't let like it be. too long of a prologue to callers in Yeah, general. can I have the joint back? Oh, please? of course, here. I am lit as they say for Hanukkah. Woo. Hey, Maria. It's Festival of Lights. Do you have the lighter? Dr. Caesar. I, I cannot begin to thank you enough for that beautiful, beautiful prayer. Thank you. Uh, that you did for the eternal, hopefully eternal, lasting light of hope for the Palestinian people. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I appreciate that, Maria. And it's just... And I thought it was kind of important that you pointed out that Hanukkah isn't even a big deal in the Jewish calendar. Right. Uh, if you want to talk about the Super Bowl of Jewish holidays, it's Yom Kippur. Yeah. And I think people are going to have a lot to atone for this year. That's true, and Yom Kippur is not a fun holiday. I think that's one of the reasons it's not so popular, because our current age is just searching for fun. I got fun for you, baby. But anyway, they search for religious fun, and Yom Kippur is a serious holiday. It is the most important holiday. You're absolutely right. You're supposed to fast. You don't have holiday foods on Yom Kippur. Everything's about food. There's nothing to buy. It's not a capitalist holiday, Maria. There's nothing to buy. And it's not about winning or losing. It's about spirit. It's about saying, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to do stuff. I'm going to put all that off. I'll do it later. I just wanted to say an infinite thanks. And I that you actually got to meet Dr. Dith Pran. I, I think is... I did not meet Dith Pran. I met Hong Nyor, who played Dith Pran. They are very similar. They oh. called each other brothers. Who's that, loser? Dith Pran, hang on. Yeah, yeah. Dith Pran 
was the, I think, New York Times or Washington Post journalist. He was a photographer that worked with Seymour Hersh. He worked with somebody famous. And they were in Vietnam. And Sydney, Sydney, Sydney something. Yeah, Sydney something. Maybe Abe could look that up. Who was in Vietnam that yeah. worked with Dith Pran? Oh, yes. He yes. was a journalist. And he was the central character in the movie The Killing Fields. And I had a lover named Spalding Gray who has passed away. And he was a great actor. He was a great storyteller, Spalding Gray. I loved him for his stories. Are you saying the uh, the one that was researching or doing coverage on Cambodia? Balding was an actor and Sidney Scheinberg, he was the one that was the star, the, the reporter yes. in uh, the, where did he work for? The New York Times or the Washington Post? Sam Waterston? Yeah, Sam Waterston New played York Times. in it New York right Times. Yeah, so Dith Pran was and his partner and when everybody left Dith Pran stayed behind in Cambodia. And he was treated like a second-class citizen. He wasn't allowed to leave with Sidney Steinberg and the rest. And Sidney tried to get him back, supposedly. But in any case, Dith Pran suffered so much through concentration camps, through hunger, and being surrounded by slaughter. Those were the killing fields that he wrote about and talked about, and which were talked about on this movie that my friend and lover Spalding Gray, that was pre-Max although I think you met him you met Spalding Gray oh yeah I met yeah but that was after I went to one of his uh, storytelling things storytelling things yes he played an attache and he introduced me to Hong Nyor I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right Nagor and Hong played Dith Pran in The Killing Fields and he won an Academy Award. He's an actor who was a gynecologist when he lived in Cambodia. But just like Dith Pran, he was considered the intelligentsia and he was, his glasses broken, he was tortured, he was put into camps, he was forced here and there and almost killed, whole family killed and starved and got away and like Dith Pran, pretty much intact. That's why they call themselves brothers. And he played him in a movie. And I met him right. with Spalding and that's Sam Waterston. Mm, oh yeah, yeah. That's Sam Waterston, who I don't know. Or is that Sidney Scheinberg? No, no, that guy that, Sidney that Scheinberg. He's the person that yeah, I don't know Sidney. him. I know yes. Spalding Gray and Hong Nyor. Hong H A I N G N G O R. That's the one I knew. He, and he, he was won well an hung? Academy Award. And Max said he was well hung. Because Max that. knows just the thing to say. What happened? Who said that? You, I did you not say said that, that Captain no, Max. No, I mean you that. started asking because I mean if he I was well hung. I, I smoked too much weed. No, I hear it. I thought so. By the way, the candles are almost out. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost winning. Right, I'm almost well, losing. That's all I had to say. Just an infinite thanks to all of you tonight for your insightful commentary. 
I I couldn't agree more, but I hope I still get a quick night night song tonight before you, you always go. do. Did you see that movie? Did you see Killing Fields, Maria? Uh, it was. I was a really strange child, and it was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Are you serious? I watch it at least once a year. Wow. It's a movie that means a lot to me because the star of the movie was my friend. I'm trying to remember if he was my friend before or after I saw the movie because it happened at the same time. Because Spalding was already my friend, but then I saw the movie. And we were friends for a couple years, and then he was killed horribly in a parking lot by Khmer Rouge, they say, or who knows. And it's quite a story. It happens and downtown. And you're part of the story. You, you were touched by that movie. And it was a touching movie. It was a genocide mm-hmm. of people that was perpetrated by Henry Kissinger and his ilk that allowed a guy like Paul Pot to come to power. He yeah. was Cambodian, but how did he come to power? He was like Trump. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah. He yeah. was worse. These or, little dictators. They're he running had all so over much with power. Dicks in front of him. He didn't like education. <laughs> he didn't like the leftists of the land. He didn't like the intellectuals. They pretend to represent "quote unquote" the people. They are populists, and they only represent themselves. Netanyahu is doing his dirty work because he wants to stay out of jail. Trump also wants to stay out of jail and make some money. Anyone, anyone like those people there, because most of the time they're stealing this money and they're stealing it mostly from us, uh, very nicely. All from us. Yeah, all, all of it from us. These people are, are really criminals at the highest level. You know, we worry about some poor kid who steals a candy bar. You know, we want to prosecute him and tell you, oh, look at this guy, you know. I am paying attention yeah. to the candles right now. Okay. Abe's well. is the last of this row, but I have to say I knew this row would go out soon because it's the lower row and they're closer to each other. Oh, yeah, I and see it. It's, it's I thought gone, you yeah. being an engineer could, would know. Could no, you yeah. guys not talk so much in protecting my candle? Rodrigo, which one did you pick? I think that was his. That he this said one? purple. It was a yeah, purple. Yeah, that's the oh, purple one. Yeah. okay. Abe's went out. But he didn't really win. I did. Hang on. Because he was dancing too much. Okay, let's say goodbye to Maria. Okay, I'll Maria. Let her I want her to say. Maria, we are having candle races. Yeah. It's a Hanukkah tradition that we cannot seem to let go of, despite all the horrible actions of the Zionists, who make us Jews look bad. And that's why I apologize to you personally, because you seem like an interesting person. And you must think I'm a one-note samba. <laughs> All she does is talk about Judaism. <laughs> it's true. I've been doing that because I no. feel so bad. No, we have to defend ourselves against the Zionists who give us a these bad Zionists name. Zionists do. And the ones who are mainly defending Judaism are these strange-looking guys with payas. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm, I identify with them. They have strange hair, and so do I. And, and they, they have, have strange hats. Very strange and hats. And so do I. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, I love I, those hats. I watch all the videos you send me, Doctor Susan. You do. I know you're Ooh. not. I know you're not multi- monotonal. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm not. Well, thank you. I'm glad I can be part of your love education, Maria. 
She's going to sing a little song for because me. Because you're a woman of hot lips. Yeah. I can see that on your little avatar there, how you got your lips wrapped around your fortune. Yeah. And you are happy and proud, and I love it. So you have a happy and proud night and sweet dreams. Wait a minute. She's got to sing a little song. Oh, you're going to sing. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, yeah. Sing. Oh, yeah. You got to yeah, sing. Right. My now, candle is still in the running. So are the others. Actually, they're all in the running right now. Rodrigo, you have to keep watch. I'm in the running too. Almost. I'm going to go out. I, I know. I have a broken you leg. Big though. boys. So it's a little. The militaristic rule. That's the thing about Hanukkah candle races is they are competitive. We are sitting here in this little <laughs> studio, looking at a menorah with candles and betting <laughs> on who's going to win. And I feel good about it, even though I know I'm going to lose. Is well, that kind of like a cuckold guy feels uh, when his yeah, girl's maybe. with a bull? I always try to wonder, why do cuckold guys, they love it. They love it. And it's cool. I'm totally cool with it. I totally support it. I wonder why they feel how they feel. And I suddenly had a sensation of it because I know I'm going to lose and I'm having fun. Well, they have a, a Santa Anita racetrack right around the corner here, so... I like horses. Oh, I but isn't that animal abuse? I, yeah, and you know how many horses have done died up here? And your candle died. Did you yeah. know while you were talking? Yeah, I saw it die, just it like died. the horses. Okay. Okay, Rodrigo's going to win, because I'm going to go. Okay. Rodrigo. But at least I beat my husband, right? That counts for something. All right, sing and something and Maria's for us, going to sing. Quiet on set, please. Okay, okay go. Super quick. Um, I have two Dreaming of a Dream songs. Do you want the David Bowie or do you want the Mama Cast? What a choice. Wow, I want both. <laughs> David Bowie first, then Mama Cast. Let me call how we live on the corner of a band and we'd speak of a sweet dream of Hessian and one and we'd talk with our eyes of the sweetness in our lives and tomorrow's a rich surprise some things we could do and we'd sleep oh so close but not really close our eyes between the streets of summer bathed in blue gently weeping nights wow that's all i'm gonna do with the david bowie i'm okay. gonna clap not as hard as i normally would because i don't want to affect the candles but that was beautiful. I'm very <laughs> impressed with the acapella on key, right? We have a musician now engineering. So I, th right? I think on, on Poet Avenue, we should have an acapella uh, section. section where you just sing your song. For sure, because it is like or speaking any song. with a tune. Yeah, yeah. I'll swing the mama cast super fast, and I'll, I'll customize it. And I just died. Wait. Rodrigo, you're going to win. Yeah, Rodrigo already won. Yay, and it's Rodrigo's birthday. Can I sing goodnight to Rodrigo? Yeah, yeah you can sing goodnight to Rodrigo. Rodrigo, don't worry sure, about sure. it. She's going to sing goodnight Just to say you. it loud. Say goodnight. Goodnight. Yeah. Okay, he said goodnight. Okay, sing it. Now sing goodnight. 
Say night night and kiss me. Just Ooh. hold me tight and tell me you'll miss oh, me. Yeah. While oh. I'm alone, I'm blue as can be. Dream a little dream of me. Sweet dreams to sunbeams find you. Sweet dreams that leave all worries behind you. But in your dreams, whatever they be, include Dr. Susan and Captain Max. Anybody else? And me. And I thought you. she was going to say, and me. Oh, and me. Okay. And you. And you. For sure. And me. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're going to have to sing that again next time with everybody included, because that was incredible, right? Great. I mean, that was that, our theme song right there. That's great. That was great, Maria. <laughs> and I must say, without knowing what the future would bring, I chose correctly to say the david bowie first what was the name of that song occasional dream off the first album and then is that called dream a little dream on me yeah oh right the mama cat, the oh, yeah. mama cat the song maria. totally the maria perfect for this evening program you dream a little dream on us darling thank you much thank you thank you yeah, thank you so much. Oh, and there was Rodrigo, and there was Abe. Yeah. Can you tell the difference? It's another one of our Hanukkah games. <laughs> uh. I think what I'd like to do is give people links to my various Hanukkah shows from the Dr. Susan Block show. Yeah, if you haven't heard enough tonight... We're going to give you the links for the last 10 years. Right. Right. And it's very different. Oh, yeah. Very different. I do talk about the Hanukkah story, and I do light the candles. But But there's some naked things I light them on beautiful naked women and men. Oh, this is the sex part of the show. Here are some of the titles. Tell them, Dr. Susie. Hanukkah Girls Gone Wild in 2010. Oh, that was And great. that was when I had someone on from Girls Gone Wild. Right. I think he wrote an expose. Who did? Or she. She. Oh, she did. Or he. Exposed us. Exposed them. Oh, them. Oh. Girls Gone Wild. Although oh. I did share a panel. I often share panels and shows with these people that then become totally disreputable somehow. <laughs> I'm not saying they're bad people. Their reputation no. just goes to shit. Yeah. Oh, I do want to talk about someone... Remind me to talk about the rabbi. Rabbi the kosher Shmuley. sex rabbi. But yeah. before we talk about that, I want to give out some of these great shows that and are can we put some beautiful sex. If you want to have some horrifying sex, unless you like watching a half-naked rabbi run around a hotel acting like a fool, you should watch Rabbi Shmuley, who I'll talk about in a minute. But... If you have other tastes, maybe you want to watch Hanukkah Girls Gone Wild, because we do have some girls who go yeah. wild and do hot wax and get spankings, and we have a lot of These fun. These are classic From Hanukkah. 2010. And then we have the 
massive musical orgy of love, lights, and the bill of rights. So I think that was one of the years that Hanukkah was very close to Christmas. So it was our Christmas show, and somehow we felt the need to talk about the Bill of Rights. And nobody ever wanted to show these shows on, like, big stations. And this was in 2012. (laughs) Yeah, 2012. No, we didn't even try. No, you couldn't. And we did Hot Wax Hanukkah in Bonoboville in 2015. That was when I really got into hot wax. I think I discovered hot wax in 2012 with somebody. I just started dripping wax on her tits. And I went, wow. And she liked it. And then I started doing it as more of a ritual. And then Xmas Eve confessions with Hanukkah hot wax. And I remember that that was with Danielle and Be Live. The first hot wax Hanukkah in Bonoboville, that was with Biz. And Mm -hmm. with the gal who made our bonobo, Helene. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. She designed our bonobo face that's on our Be Bonobo t-shirt, Save the Humans. Which you can buy on our shopping cart. Yeah, it's actually the the profile image for Bonoboville. If you see on call-in right now, you can see the, the same picture on call-in. Well, as Helene the, as the profile picture right is there. Is the designer. Yeah, you yeah. can see yeah. it right there. And Helene yeah. was the designer for, uh, what's her name? Um, <clears throat> when she was a little, the little girl, it's not a, Miley. Miley. Uh, oh, right. Uh, She's uh, a design uh, for, for Miley. When she was the other one. I got it in my memory bank, so oh. don't worry about it. It's Hannah Montana. Hannah, Hannah Montana. Montana. <laughs> Yeah, I knew it was a state of something. Anyway, <laughs> Hot Wax Hanukkah and the Alabama Miracle was when Alabama won an election that was really important. And we celebrated and did a lot of hot wax with Phoenix and some oh, other Phoenix, people. Right. Yeah, Phoenix. She was right. something. <laughs> she was something. That, that was and that. then we had a squirting hot wax Hanukkah, right, with Juicy Jenny who then became Juicy May. She was juicy, and she squirted, and we had a squirting hot wax Hanukkah. She also took some hot wax, and that was where Loser participated. Ah, yes. And then we had Femdom hot wax Hanukkah in 2019 with a little bondage and discipline over here. Yes, I remember that. And Coronapocalyptic Hanukkah Xmas bedside chat. Already you can see they're becoming a little less wild. Because it's hard to do hot wax with a mask on. It's a very intimate activity. And then last year we did a Saturnalia Hanukkah Sonata. Saturnalia falling usually around December 20th. So sometimes Hanukkah's around then. Right now it's kind of an early Hanukkah. And so, sorry, but Netanyahu gets the brunt of my holiday feeling. But those are some fun holiday Hanukkah shows for you to watch with lots of great sex. And I know that our dear friend, especially Maria, will want to watch some of the hot 
wax Hanukkah shows and the squirting Hanukkah shows. And didn't she do a beautiful job singing? Yeah, yeah. She might get a Susie Award for that. Yeah, a cappella. That's it. Thank you. All right, so Rabbi Shmuley Buteach, whom I regret to confess that I interviewed on my show back in 1997-ish. And we went to dinner. Oh, we went to his house for Passover. Right, that's where we learned about Not the whipping. Not just dinner, right. but yeah. Passover. And I learned things from him. This is why I don't believe that everyone is all good or all bad. But sometimes you got to call people out, right? Right. He wrote a book called Kosher Sex. Again, I agreed with some of it, that sex is an important part of a good marriage. I didn't agree with other parts of it, that you shouldn't masturbate. I did not agree with that. We would debate. In fact, it was fun to have him on the show because mostly I have people on the show that agree with me about almost everything. They don't purposely come at me with anything. But he did. And yet we had a certain level of agreement. And I guess he had enough respect for me and I had enough respect for him to have these debates. Well, I don't know how he feels about me. He probably thinks I am a she-devil. But I will say he's human. Human beings have faults. And he is embarrassing. That's what I mainly say. He filmed himself naked. Well half-naked with a towel around with a towel around his body implying nakedness under there that he didn't have time to get dressed that he had to get out into the hallway of this hotel hotel in tel aviv (laughs) by the way i want to thank you for the tip robbie martin that was fun Yes, of Media Roots Radio, Abby Martin's brother. I love all your shows, you guys, Empire Files, all your great support for Palestine. By the way, Dr. Susie, we now have them in the marketplace. And now you're in the marketplace. As the best radio, uh, uh, top radio stations uh, in the country are here. Anyway, thanks to Robbie Martin for sharing Rabbi Shmuley Boteach's film of himself running half naked through a Tel Aviv hotel's hallway. This is frightening. Because I don't follow him. This is frightening. He says it's frightening. This is frightening. That he's got to go find a bomb shelter. And he says he's terrified. Terrified. Running for my life. He says. Because a rocket went off on the other side of town, and this guy runs out of (laughs) with his towel. And he points to a bunch of Israelis on a stairwell. Oh, yeah. And he says, this is how Israelis are living. As though that's comparable to Palestinians living in rubble, if they're living at all. And then there's the fact that the people on that stairwell can and 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 do do look up. And, and see the rabbi's balls. Rabbi, at least we have to assume that because you're wearing a towel. Great performance. And you're walking around up at the top of the stairwell, standing close to the top of 
so you can film down at them looking up at you like this crazy man oh my god funny that he's half naked and he also can hold a phone so he got out with a towel and a phone yeah yeah and he's running down the hall he was dressed and he took off his clothes put on the towel got his cell phone and started running down the hallway now, Maybe because he's an exhibitionist. I would, yes, say that he is probably hoping you're watching, right. you hot Jewish, of course, ladies. Oh, yeah. Yes, right. ladies only. Although, Must be Jewish. A few men who aren't Jewish watch, well, it's all right. I mean, I'm, after all, conveying how terrified I am <laughs> and how horrible it is for Israelis who have to go to the stairwell Palestinians don't even have a stairwell. They don't have stairs. They don't have a house anymore. If a lot of them don't have family. It's really appalling and funny as well to watch. So watch it, the good rabbi. He hasn't taken it down yet, so it's there. <laughs> I mean, really. And I interviewed him, held debates with him. He was also debating with the publisher of Hustler, Larry Flint. When? At the same time, he was debating with me. Oh, he yeah, held yeah, debates. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. He would the run them. He would right. say, would you I like to debate he, me? He came down to the studio. Yes, yes. And all his advisors said, don't go on that show. And I got no problem with him running through the halls half naked. At all. Really. And At filming all, himself. All rabbis. But then and, you should be and, okay with other people right, doing pri that. priests should do that. And you should they be should okay with naked. people masturbating so in the privacy their of their own house and looking at you while you run down the hall. See, he's always been against masturbation. Oh, yeah. He's totally against masturbation. Although some of his family sells sex toys. Yes, but he says they're marital aids. Yes, marital aids. Yes. Right. That somebody right. He doesn't like calling them sex toys. He made a big deal about that when he was on my show should, years ago. Right. There ago. should be no sex toys. So we're about to go. And yeah. the candles are out. And I just want to say that ultimately this holiday of Hanukkah is about a miracle, as all the holidays are. Really about the miracle of summer coming back. It's all winter solstice. It's all about how, oh my God, it's getting colder and darker and colder and darker and colder and darker. And then, oh, well, this is the coldest, darkest night, is winter solstice. Hanukkah, of course, is always a little cockeyed, so to speak. And so we're not exactly on the winter solstice, but neither is Christmas. It's a little later. And you're supposed to s say, oh, wow, but the days are starting to also get longer and warmer, which really, in most countries, they're not. It actually is coldest in January. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just thinking that that clip of the rabbi is great, and we should have it. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there he is. He's talking about how terrified he is. Should we hear something? Absolutely of it? terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is it. Absolutely terrifying. I'm in a hotel. I'm dressed in a towel, running to try to get to a cherem again from the the, the constant boom. I At look, least the whole you have somewhere to be. You're not in the, the rubble. Safe room. A safe room. This is room. absolutely terrifying. I'm dressed, but this is terrifying. You are not dressed. And a, a building was already hit. 
in Tel Aviv this morning. Not we your building. Night. This is how Israelis are living every single day. That we're all living like that every day. absolutely terrible, terrible. Do you know how Palestinians uh, are living? Oh, is it Khan? This woman just showed me. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So now I know what the head of my gun is. And if you don't know what this is, you can lose your life. Unbelievable. So she told him where the safe room is, but he's not going into it. Unbelievable. I'm in a towel. We know you're in a towel. People of the hotel, look at this. Look at this. Look at this down the hole. He's looking down the stairwell. This is how Israelis are living. This is how Israelis are living. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What is unbelievable? They're in the hallway. They had a fire drill. Right. Oh, and now he's done. But they just had a chance to look at his balls <laughs> while they were on that. Anyway, that's a great piece. Stairwell. All right. Now show somewhere. All right. So I downloaded in, it in case in case anybody. Well, we'll have happens. it on the blog. Because he filmed it, so there's no big. No, he filmed it. He yeah. has the rights, and yeah. he is an exhibitionist. And you know what? I've always known that about him. Right. Right. He's always a show off, which yeah. is really the essence. We went to dinner at his house one night. Many, so many years ago. Yes, we Remember? had Passover there, which is an important Jewish holiday, unlike Hanukkah. And he taught us some wonderful rituals. And his family was totally into it. He had an I, I Iranian father there. Who the was father was like the, the, kind the of food Iranian mafia. I didn't eat the father. <laughs> no. no. You ate the food and you enjoyed I'm sorry, it. I'm a little you were hungry. I, was really I smacked you with uh, scallion. With scallions, and yeah. We learned all about smacking with scallions. There's all these From holidays that you spank. That actually doesn't happen around Hanukkah. You don't spank people with a scallion. But you do at Passover. Passover you do. You hit them on the shoulder. I just turn it into spanking. Sorry, not sorry. But I think I really make the ritual rather interesting in Oh, yeah, totally. Spanking ritual. It's always fun. It's always fun. Always fun. fun. Like, for instance, at Rabbi Shmuley's, we wouldn't have hit somebody with a scallion across their ass. Although, I wonder if anyone has. I think someone probably I'm sure that someone has. It's just hit your shoulder. What is that? Well, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Spank them. There's some down right naked stuff going on anyway there's lots of wonderful rituals that you can have fun with the dreidel we didn't even talk about dreidel gambling gambling stuff it's great around Hanukkah and Christmas they all have that and they all have the sorrow at the center of them I mean the center of Christmas is knowing this baby that's born and that is so beautiful is going to die on a cross and he's born in a refugee camp. Yeah, this is very, yeah. very possible that a Christ-like person is now born as a refugee somewhere in Palestine, and will somehow escape, and then lead a bunch of people to a certain enlightenment and freedom, a certain liberation. There could be a little baby in Palestine right now who's under a right. piece of cement. Right. Oh, and, a bi- and, well, then they're gone. The, well, you know, you try to help. Well, maybe they're <laughs> yeah, alive. The okay, there might the be a few. 
that they're getting out from under the cement. I'm so impressed with the Palestinian people who are saving the children. I'm just amazed at the children that are being saved. Of course, the children that are being lost and the professionals, the young professionals that are being lost. Stunning. It's just horrifying. And frightening. Especially as a Jew, I have to, I, I guess, distance myself from Zionist Jews, but I can't because so many non-Jews go, yeah, Zionism, Judaism. And honestly, that's what the Zionists want. That's what they try to do. They try to call criticism of Zionism anti-Semitism. And it's just not true. It's not. And I know some people might call me anti-Semitic because I'm lighting a joint on a menorah. So <laughs> who am I to talk? But Jewish women are some of the hottest women, right? You know, when I was a kid, <laughs> all right, in Montclair, New Jersey in the 50s, if you wanted to have some little touchy-feely sexy, you had to go with a Jewish girl. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, gosh. So we're easy. <laughs> yeah, you're easy, and you're smart, and you're beautiful, and you're horny. <laughs> you're wow, horny. but yeah. all the girls that got knocked up in my school were Catholic girls. Yeah, the Catholic, because they're stupid. <laughs> okay, that's why. They don't know about condoms or any of that but shit. But they were the ones that taught me how to give head. Speaking of Deep Throat, let's all line up to see Deep Throat does LA and maybe Abe can put that into the chat drsusanblock.com slash deep dash throat dash LA right you always got to do a little deep throat on Hanukkah it's a mitzvah if you do it with your husband right <laughs> or your wife you can deep throat a really big clit or maybe her toe Baruch Atarunai, Eloheinu Melech Olam, Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotav, B'tzivanu, L'hadlik Ner, Shel, Palestine, Amen, Ah, Women, Ah, Bonobos, Make like bonobos. That's right. Hanukkah is not a very bonobo holiday, except it's always considered a good deed to have sex on the holiday with your spouse. You know, that's the traditional way. But really with anybody is my way. <laughs> Any day is a good day for good sex. Consenting adults only, of course and to make like bonobos, not baboons. Make love, not war. Make kink, not war, because sometimes you gotta be kinky and do things like hot wax or spanking. But, you know, these are all kind of weird things that are done as torture under conditions of war. But among consenting adults, under conditions of love, they can be beautiful things. So, make love, not war. Make love to someone you love tonight 
even if that someone is you. I love you. I love you too. You are my light of Hanukkah. And you guys are our voice. Peace, baby. Need to talk with someone about something you can't talk about with anyone else? You can talk to us. I'm Dr. Susan Block, your mistress of the airwaves. But my day job is director of the Dr. Susan Block Institute for the Erotic Arts and Sciences, specializing in sex therapy over the phone. Anytime you need to talk, whether you need serious psychotherapy or a hot phone sex experience or a combination, my world-renowned telephone sex therapists are just a phone call away. Totally private, absolutely confidential. We listen, talk with you, advise you, role-play for you, fantasize with you, no fantasy is too taboo, and help you with anything from impotence to exhibitionism, fears to desires, fetishes to marriages. For more information, call us at 213-291-9497. That's 213-291-9497 anytime you need to talk. You're listening to Radio Suzy One on the World Wide Web.